Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to share our special guest this week. Um, we have two Liz's, <laughs> which could be a little confusing. Um, so, uh, Liz, will you introduce yourself? Um, me first, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait. Um, so I am Liz, and I am the mom of a uh, um, BA baby. Her name is Penelope. Um, she is Aww. four and a half years old. She's four years out post-transplant. Um, and yeah, it's been pretty amazing. <laughs> so um, thank you, Liz, for joining. And um, for me, you know, being new to like having this Instagram and being a part of this community, although I've, of course, been a part of it my whole life, but never really an active participant, it's been really eye-opening to watch you share Penny's story. And I wanted to say thank you for that because it's actually brought me closer to um, what happened to me as a child because I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so like to um, look at Penny and see how well she's doing and how she's thriving, it brings me a lot of hope and a lot of comfort and um, definitely is, you know, one of the reasons why I want to be a bigger advocate for not only um, transplantation, but talking about biliary atresia. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about like Penny's story and how like you first found out that she um, had something going on? Um, so I had a pretty healthy pregnancy, nothing big, um, had a beautiful birth, easy peasy, whatever. And <laughs> we went home for two months and um, everything was fine. No, she wasn't a crier. She was like this perfect little baby. She slept, she ate, you know, whatever. Um, for our eight week checkup, we went in to the doctor and um, the MA kind of looked at her and she was like, hmm, I'm not going to take her temperature. I'm not going to do anything. And me and my husband kind of looked at each other like, okay, <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> and um, she's like, let me get the doctor. Her color is really off. And me and him kind of looked at each other and we're like, what color? And she came in, the doctor came in and she's like, oh, well, yeah, she's very jaundiced. Like at this point, jaundice only lasts between, I think, two to three weeks of like a beginning of like life. And she's like, mm -hmm. yeah, two, um, two months is like way too much. So we ended up taking her um, over to the lab, which is like a couple steps away. And um, they did her first lab draw, which was really hard. She was like this little 10 pound baby still. Mm. And we had to hold her down. It was terrible. Um, we went back in the next day to get her um, to just like talk to the doctor about her um, numbers. And she was like, okay, you know, her liver is working overtime um we need to figure out why and um i think two days later we were introduced to ba and the first two days doctors, yeah two days later yeah it only took like we had a heat scan in between but everything was very very quick um and we in between the heat scan because we had to do it three times because nothing was like moving around in her the injector or something and they wanted mm -hmm. to see how it was going through her belly and how everything was going through so it wasn't doing what was supposed to be happening and the doctor was like, okay, yeah, it's biliary atresia. And he told us that it happens. I can't remember the number at this moment. I'm sorry. But it's like very rare. Like one in some ridiculous Fif amount. 15,000, I think I'm off. Yeah, it something ridiculous. Yeah. And we were like shocked. And I'm like, no, like this can't be like, she's, you know, she's not a crier. She doesn't look like she's in pain. Her belly is not swollen. Like there has to be something mm -hmm. else. And he's like, okay, well, she's going to go in for surgery in two days. And you know, wow. we can't really see like what's really happening until we open her up. 
Um, so yeah, we went in a couple days later and she had her Kasai, which was to um, reestablish like the bioflow. And the surgeon called us in between and she's like, yep, it's biliary atresia. And I remember, I remember so I was so scared. So did she not have the main duct or how, like what um, did she have? I'm just yeah. curious. I, I believe they told us that it just wasn't there. Oh, I, didn't I know some so kids have them a little bit open than others and some are just not there completely. So I think Penelope's yeah. case was that she didn't have one at all. I don't yeah. have, I didn't have any either. Yeah. I don't um, think I must have either. <laughs> yeah. So honest. one of the questions huh. that the doctor actually asked us was like, oh, um, what color are her stools? And I was like, oh, you know, they've been brown since day one. And um, the day of that doctor's appointment, I asked her if I was able to change to, um, to powder formula. She's like, oh yeah, go for it. Like it's not going to change anything. Um, and as we were, we went back the next day to figure out the the lab numbers and everything. Mm-hmm. And I remember turning around. I'm like, oh, Penny did my bathroom. Like, let me wipe her. And I turned around, and that was my first experience with white stool. I remember yeah. just opening her diaper, and it was white. And I remember just being completely like, oh my god, like there is something wrong with her. Because yeah. that was the first time, like, I had cleaned every single diaper since, like, day one, and I had never seen anything other than brown until we changed that formula. Yeah, I remember mum telling me, because she's, I've got an older brother and sister, so she'd done parenthood and everything, and she said that she, when I was about four weeks old, I did uh, white poo, and she took the nappy, and she went, because she was like, this isn't right, yeah. and she took me yeah. straight up to the hospital, and do you know what they told her? I told her I was dehydrated. Yeah. No. And mum's just like, well, yeah. no. And then pretty much gave her them the nappy and was like, I'm pretty sure this isn't dehydration. You need to do something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But who would have thought, you know, not enough people know that that is a, something you need to look, like, look for or be concerned about. Like, yeah, even but- if you're like later in life in a full grown adult, like if you noticed you don't have good bile flow, there's something wrong with your liver. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't you know, know that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah, and sure. I, honestly, I didn't know that until that happened to me last year when I yeah. had the bile duct obstruction. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened to me and I went straight to the hospital because I, like I knew something was wrong. I mean, they were able to fix it, but it's definitely like not something that people obviously talk about. And mm-hmm. it, it's um, a very big disadvantage because you need to monitor like those things with yourself. <laughs> So it's not fun to talk about, but, um, so what, so they've, um, rerouted her intestine to her liver. Um, yes. Um, I think she was in the hospital for like four days. Um, she went potty at the doctor and it was, uh, well, at the, at the hospital when we were staying there. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, it came out a beautiful color. (laughs) I always talk about her. I always talk about her beautiful, um, potties. (laughs) Um, and, um, the surgeon was like, okay, like everything looks great. Her numbers are getting better. Um, and then we went home for three months. So she had it at two months. We went home for three months. So like around five months old and everything was good. Um, but just one night she just, she came down with a really bad fever and I could tell that Mm -hmm. she was getting jaundice like a tiny bit. So the GI doctor actually Mm -hmm. ended up going in and saying like, okay, I'm going to start going through the process of getting Stanford to see her for a liver um, transplant evaluation. And um, I think within like, within a week or two, that's when she got sick and she had a really, really bad fever. 
and um I called Kaiser and I was like oh hey like you know my daughter has a really bad fever like I don't know what to do she's like oh we'll give her Tylenol and I was like I can't give my daughter Tylenol (laughs) and she's like oh I guess you don't want your daughter to get better then and I was like (gasps) no yes Aaron said that and I was so mad and I gave my husband the phone can you talk to her and he's like no she keeps pushing for the for the Tylenol and I'm like I'm not giving her a Tylenol and I just hanged up and we went to the ER um so they ended up doing a bunch of tests on her and they were like okay her liver is completely failing like we have to get her to Stanford for evaluation um and then I think we went we were there for like about a couple days until like they figured out everything like space and everything and we were um taking an ambulance to Stanford and within like the next three days they did all the testing that they needed to do and she was listed at a 13 out of 40 for a PELT score Mm-hmm. Um, and they told us, like, the coordinator sat us down, and he's like, okay, you know, Penelope is almost six months old. Her liver is failing. She's not going to make it to, to her first birthday at all. Um, but the waiting list, as of now, for her size, her blood type, and everything, she's, she's going to be waiting for at least six months. So they kind of pushed the um, liver don- the living donor on us. And I said, okay, sure, you know, I'll do it. Like, I'm sure I'm, her, I'm, the, I'm the same blood type. I'll do it first. And my mom stepped up and said, okay, you know, for whatever reason you can't do it, I'll get tested. Um, and then I'm <laughs> <laughs> and, um, we went home after like a couple of days and they called us in for a pick line because they needed to put a little pick line on her. I was going to have to... Yeah. Um, plug her in for 12 hours every night so she could get um stronger um Mm -hmm. and we went in on a Sunday and I was so upset I was crying and I'm like oh my god like how stressful is this gonna be like I'm gonna have to plug my daughter in for 12 hours at nighttime and I'm gonna have to learn how to take care of it you know this and this but whatever (laughs) and we went in yeah so that was Sunday Monday they did the pick line they gave her back to me and um, I was carrying her, feeding her after a pick line because she couldn't eat for those whole hours. Mm-hmm. And my phone lit up and I could see it in the corner of my eye. And it what? said Stanford operator. That was literally day eight. Day eight. What? <laughs> and I saw it in my corner of my eye and I was like, why are they calling me? Like, we're impatient right now. Like, don't they know that? And they were like, and little voice in the, on the phone was like, hey, I know you guys are impatient, but we found a match for Penny. And you I was probably like, didn't believe it. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> and I, my husband just like looked at me because like I just like I was like shocked. My my face turned white, I guess. And I'm like, are you sure? They're like, yes. Like we found the perfect match. Like we'll let you know in a couple hours. And it was wow. crazy. It was crazy. So yeah, that was on day eight. And everybody was shocked. Even the nurses came in. They're like, we heard the news. Like, oh my god, we cannot believe it. Like, how lucky hmm. is she? Uh, and what you know point did you meet Doctor Escavel? Yeah. Huh? What point, sorry, Liz, uh, what (laughs) point did you meet Dr. Esquivel? We met him the day of the surgery. Wow. Yeah, so so Liz, oh, sorry, Liz, uh, Liz, (laughs) Um, Penny and I have the same surgeon. Oh, yes, fun fact. We should have said that. (laughs) Yeah, fun fact. So you met him the day of. Yeah, so um, we got the call on a Monday, and she went in um, that Wednesday, and we met him, and well, we met him after the surgery. We had to go into a little room and he told us like, oh, she was way sicker than the 13 out of 40 for a PET score. He's like, she wouldn't have made yeah. it more than a couple, a couple weeks or a couple months. And yeah. I remember he was so serious and just so like, 
stern and like he was like she's really sick like you know and like but now she has like now she's gonna like have an option to like be healthy like now she has like everything she needs to be healthy um and i remember um he went in to visit us two days later and he came he looked at penny because she was in little rocker and he had the (laughs) biggest smile on his face and i will never forget that smile on his face he just had the biggest like you know what he looks like he's just he had the biggest smile ever and he was so happy. And I remember just tearing up because I just saw the happiness in his face, like compared to how we had seen him two days before that. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, um, so Penelope was in the hospital for eight days. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think eight is her lucky number. We've always like played around with that. Um, so yeah, so um, they told us from the beginning, like, okay, well, you guys are going to be here for like at least two to four weeks no I think three to four weeks and we're like okay you know it's fine that's fine that's fine and um within like I think day five they're like okay I think she's ready to go home like she's doing so well (laughs) and yeah um so yeah we went home and on day eight it was just crazy were you like are you sure you want me to go (laughs) I was scared because we went home with a biliary catheter bag stuck to her so it was like this baby and then I had to carry like this other little bag over here. Um, but yeah, that bag was not fun. <laughs> hmm. Do you know any, um, anything about your daughter's donor? No, I do not. Um, the only thing that they told us was that, that they had to carve the liver to, um, to her size because it came from a larger child. But I mean, yeah. other than that, there's no info. We wrote to them. So, she got, so she's got a bit of a, like, a cut-down liver, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had to cut yeah. it down to size. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, that's it. We wrote to them, um, to the family, I think when Penny was, like, a year old or six months, I can't remember. Um, and we got nothing back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it would have been, um, yeah, I mean, I'm very okay with it. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Like, you know, I just respect their decision. I don't, I don't know. I kind of wonder sometimes, like, should I write to them again? But, I mean, I'm sure we'll do it someday. Maybe get Penny to write to her one day. Write, yeah, write to them one day. Yeah, when she's older. When she's that, older. Would, that would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> but um, my, because I had a cut down liver and my, my organ donor obviously was 19. Um, Any, yeah, it, it blows your mind, like you said, that it happened so quickly and all that sort of stuff. I guess it was a bit of a longer process for me, myself. Um, but I was the same as Penny. It, it blows my mind, like, to watch to watch Penny. It's like it was essentially me in a way. And um, you just never, even at 26, I still can't wrap my head around the whole thing. Like, it just... You never think, like if I had a child, I guess, or my nephews and nieces, I could never look at them and think how I could never watch them be sick. How were you, how were you able to get through that as a mother? Um, I guess I know you just had to do it because you had no choice. But yeah. obviously, even though it happened so quick, it would have been very, very emotional in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Did you have any way that... Um, helped you and your husband and family get through that or um 
I remember when we were first admitted after the Gasai, I I asked my mom, like, can you just watch it? Like, I just need to go on a walk. And I was walking around and I saw all these little kids in rooms. You know, like I saw a bunch of like little babies. I saw a bunch of like older kids. I saw a couple like patients of like cancer. And I remember just thinking at that moment, like, okay, you know, all these kids are here. And, you know, some of them are a lot worse than Penny. And I'm like, how you said Liz in the last podcast, yeah. I remember, like, that hit me so hard because it's so true. I'm like, it can always be worse. It can always so, be worse. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, like, I need to be as positive as, as I can. And I think that's what kind of got me through it. And just seeing Penny, just how strong and amazing she was in day one. Like, she, she's fought so hard. I mean, she still fights for everything. Um, <laughs> but, like, I don't know. She's just a really strong little girl. My husband was there all the time, like, everything. My parents were there. Like, they took time off of work to just, like, take care of us, like, me and my husband. Like, you know, we were there supporting Penny, taking care of Penny, but my parents were there to, like, take care of us. And I think that was really nice, too, because, like, we didn't really care about, you know, brushing our teeth or, like, doing anything because we just wanted to be there with her, just, like, holding her, like, Penny, you know, it's okay. And, you know, they were there, like, pushing food on us. Like, you guys have to go eat. You guys have to go walk. Like, get out of this room. Like, go walk. Take a breather. Like, we'll be here. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> so, um, I like the quote, it takes a village to raise mm-hmm. a child. And in those instances, it really, it really does shine through. Like, you never, ever thought. My only other question, I guess, would be, does Penny know much about it? Does she have any sort of understanding or? Um, I would say no. No. I, we just celebrated her um, anniversary last week and she was like, oh, birthday? And I'm like, no, it's not your birthday, baby. I'm like, it's your anniversary <laughs> birthday. And she was like, hmm, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I, mean, I don't think she really gets it. Um, you know, when we go to the doctor and we have to do blood, I'll tell her, okay, you know, it's time for blood. Um, we have to do a blood draw. I'm like, we have to check your liver. And she's like, okay. Um, she shows off her scar all the time. And she's like, <laughs> when we're like outside, <laughs> like, especially with like her friends, like back when we were in shelter in place, she'd be like showing yeah. off her belly. And Aww. I remember at the beginning, I would be like, Penny, you know, don't lift your shirt. Like, just leave it down. But like, I really started thinking about it. I'm like, why am I doing that? Like, Penny, show I, it yeah. off. Like, who cares? Like, show it off. I used to do that. <laughs> yeah. I just want Mom her to said be, I used you know, to walk. No, sorry, go on. No, I just want her to be mm-hmm. like as comfortable in her body as she can. Mm-hmm. I um I used to walk around with my dresses over my head <laughs> so everyone <laughs> could see my see yeah. my scarf. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. I think what you're saying about letting her show it to the world, it's her way of being comfortable and proud of it. Even though she's four, she probably understands a lot more than you know they can com- like a child that age can communicate um mm-hmm. and i i think the way you're instilling that in her she will grow up to be very proud of what has happened and very yeah. proud to have you as her mum and her dad as her dad and to know that you guys all of everything you did for her and continue to do for her because it doesn't end now <laughs> <laughs> it, it continues on um and whatever happens, happens, but she'll be um, very grateful. And I can tell you that from being a recipient that you look at your mother, because I guess my dad wasn't around as much, 
because he was working and stuff but I look at my mother and um and I have my father as well and you just feel like you could never thank him enough so I'm pretty sure from what you're saying she'll she'll feel very much the same when she's older mm-hmm. yeah I agree and just like watching uh your story um has brought me closer to my mom because before we would butt heads because she was a little overbearing and you know wanted to control everything just because you know that was her way of coping um but um you know seeing what liver mamas go through has made me have grow such a deeper appreciation for her and uh last year when i was sick she stayed with me in the hospital for a night and she <laughs> she had to sleep in a chair it was so sad um because i had a fever and uh, i was just being extra cautious and how how strong she was just able to be and just like turn that on was something i had never seen because um i hadn't had an admission with her there since i was a baby and to see her just be able to like flip that switch of strength, I was like, who are you? Like, it was so crazy because she totally channeled all of that from like back when she was um, there with me when I was a baby. So um, I definitely uh, call my mom every day now and I'm extra sweet <laughs> just because like now I have a deeper understanding of what she went through. So thank you for sharing your story and um, like, I think it's just so important. Like Liz, you said, it takes a village and, you know, if we could just be a little part of that village by doing these podcasts, um, like that just brings me so much joy. And, um, like people need to know about biliary atresia, like, and, and we just have to keep sharing the stories every way we can. And I think that we are in a very blessed place to be able to do that, especially today with social media. And as you said, podcasts and all that sort of stuff. And I, from the bottom of my heart, are grateful that I've got to meet you and I get to come across people like yourself, Liz, and watch your daughter and so many other children um, conquer so much. Even though life is not fair, you get to see them overcome things that people, some people don't ever have to face in their whole whole life, you know. They're she was how old six months and she went through more than a 50 year old could have went through in their whole life so hats off to her hats off to you jenny and i guess hats off to me and hats <laughs> off to every parent and every caretaker and every nurse and doctor and to anyone it's a crazy community and i um, can't wait to explore it more and yeah be a part of it with everybody so thank you Liz for sharing your story of course mm-hmm. it was um lovely Yay. to have you and I'm sure we'll catch up again soon down the track to see how Penny is <laughs> yes I'll be waiting for that <laughs> and when this is all over in 2021 all this corona stuff we'll have to get together for Froyo or something in San Jose <laughs> yes or something as well that's kind of fun yeah yeah and then you that, can that works. me and i'll come from australia i'll facetime yes <laughs> and then you can come visit me that's yes. fun <laughs> see all right. because of a donor we can dream right we can yes, do all these exactly right fantastic things